have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Orton. What? Then name the system Orton. Loki religion is an ancient weapon. There's no match for a good blast. Orton coming up on Alderaan. You may fire when ready. Welcome to Alderaan Explosion. Explosion Oak's official countdown to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's 84 days until release. My name is Dylan Blight, your Jedi Master, and joining me, my Padawans, Ashley Hobbley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here to talk about the whiny bitch. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Okay, uh, and also Kieran Marchant. Hi, I'm your uh, Coruscant correspondent on the, uh, as we go into a deep analytical breakdown of sand and just why does it get everywhere? Up next. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so yeah, this this week on the show, in case you haven't gathered, we are going to be talking about attack of the sand, I mean clones. The clones, Attack of the Clones. It's Attack of the uh, Sand, the movie. let's it's, be honest. Attack of the Sand, the, the movie Attack of the Sand. Um, Star Wars Episode 2, of course, no real other bits of discussion for this week, mainly just going to be have, having a bit of a um, shit around about <laughs> shit around about, that, about, <laughs> about this movie. Uh, so we'll just be, I as I, I'm going to be doing for everyone, obviously, I've I've taken down random notes as I've watched the movie and they're going to be our jumping off points. But before we get to that, as we will every time, Ash, when was the last time you watched this movie? About almost two years ago when we recorded it for this. Do you guys remember where we were? We in my we house? Yep. Were we in my house then? Oh. Yep. Did we really? Did yep. we do that one at his house? Yeah, I think, yeah, we did. We were all just chilling in my place. Did we watch the movie here or did we just record the movie? We podcast? watched the movie there. Oh, that's right. It was way more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I honestly don't even remember that. I swear, I, f- I felt like we only ever recorded like one thing, but that means we recorded like we recorded a heap at my place. Yeah, because there was something like three th- things. Was it? We was did multiple Alderaan, We did platinum, and then we did. Wasn't there like PSX or something? No, that was Pat. No, yeah, it was no, Paris Games Week. Yeah, Paris Games Week was that week. That's yeah. Right. So we recorded platinum explosion like the day after, and then we went. We did a review discussion of. Uh, the Great Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Man, we turned your house into a content house. That yeah, that, that, was, that was the dream. That was the most productive <laughs> this house has been <laughs> in my tenure here. And we recorded another to, podcast there as well. <laughs> Dylan came in. All of a sudden, there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> work getting done. Yeah. So four months hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Uh, yeah. So last time we watched it was two years. Two, two years so, yep. Kieran. Well, hold on. I mean, <laughs> Kieran, was that last time you watched it? Because you you were doing your no, whole no, no. Because I watched it. Group. No, no, no. Yeah. I would have watched it a couple months ago. I don't remember watching it, but I know we watched it because after we watched it, we jumped straight into the animated series, which kind of blocks out Clone Wars for me because the animated series is good. Also, it's where I had the brain blast that I remembered there was like the cartoon animated series before the animated series. I mean, yes, that's not canon though, but yes. It's not canon, but like, cause I always, I always, not not to get too off track, but I always remembered Anakin, like the episode where Anakin gets his braid cut off and he becomes a temporary Jedi master or whatever. And I was always so confused when we restarted watching Clone Wars, why that wasn't there. And then, it all came flowing back to me that it was a cartoon. There you know. Yeah. And it's done in a completely different animation style. It's like Samurai Jack shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they were like, they used to show like in between, epi- like they were like really short episodes because yep. they used to show it in between as like filler between other TV shows. It was, yeah. 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 Um, I'll, I'll come back to this Clone Wars thing because I do have down a note about talking to you about that. But yeah, so last time I watched it was two years ago as well. I'm still, I'll say this. I've watched this movie so many times at this point that as much as I'm still just like, it is definitely my least liked of all of the Star Wars movies. I I don't like hate watching it because I think I'm just used to the parts that annoy me now. If You're just numb. Sense. You're just numb I, to the pain. I'm just numb to it. And the thing is, but I think I'm so numb to the parts that I dislike that 
it actually kind of helps the parts that I actually do like stand out more. So I actually feel like I've kind of looped around to a point where I was watching it this time where I'm like, I think I'm enjoying this more than last time. And it is simply because I'm just numb to the parts I dislike. <laughs> and I'm, or, or maybe I'm just, my brain's now tuned better. So instead of getting annoyed about the parts I dislike, I'm just more taking in the enjoyment from the parts I do like more. So I'm not watching the movie and be like, oh, this fucking part. Oh, this fucking sad. The fuck? <laughs> I'm just like, what? I can't just zone out for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes, whatever. And then it cuts to another scene I do like. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm back in. So I actually feel like watching it for this, uh, this time. I think this is the most I've enjoyed watching this this movie. As weird as that may be. Okay. Not not saying I, I love it or anything, but it, well, every time I say that, it sounds so bad because like I, I, I can watch this movie. I can watch old Star Wars movies fine. That's what I'm saying. They're Star Wars movies. I'll watch them. They're fun. They're Star Wars. I do enjoy watching them. It's just as a Star Wars movie, I have... It's like... It's, Issues. It's definitely, it's definitely at the bottom of the... Uh, the bottom of the thing there for, uh, for me. I will not let this Republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace. Not soldiers. Um, so th first thing I wrote down is the dark side clouds everything. Yeah, Yoda. It's because your fucking temple is on a Sith <laughs> temple, mate. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> I think it was just because we was talking about it for uh, last week's episode. And then the mo this, like uh, he says that line like right at the start. I'm like, you fucking idiot, Yoda. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you said it. You said, you look, look, look. You said it right here. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. And also, it's like it, the the thing about the the now the the canon the way they do it now, where it's like everything is canon. Obviously, the thing about rewatching these movies every couple of years is because they'll add in like a couple of random bits of nuggets in either books, comics, or something else that kind of has you look at each of the movies in a kind of new light, even if it's just a tiny bit or whatever else. And I don't know if last time we watched this. That like was 100% confirmed canon that it was on top of a Sith thing or not at the time. Or maybe I hadn't read the thing. Because it, it's confirmed in the um, the Tarkin novel is where they confirmed that. And I have no idea if I, 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 I was remembering that note or whatever last time. But this time when he said that, I was just kind of like, yeah, you fucking Yoda, you fucking moron. How would he? Um, well, you shouldn't know. But I was still just like, you're, you're a fucking moron. Uh, the I second mention thing I mention that it yes. is super weird seeing Jay Lagaya and... uh. Rose Byrne as Padme's like helpers, I guess. Jay Lagai, the guy from Play School who does a bunch of children's show songs and stuff, is like the protector of Padme. Yeah. And Rose Byrne is upgraded Kira Knightley. <laughs> what? That's come on, I don't understand rude. how she that's an upgrade. I think it's an upgrade. I remember oh, I, I was like my mind was blown when I found out that Kira Knightley was the original decoy. Um yeah. Yeah, it was well, I think it was. It's, it's just an age jump. I think. Yeah. I always um, I can't remember the first time I realized that it, it was. It was like years and years and years ago when I was doing some sort of rewatch of this, and I realized it was Rose Byrne, like right when she was kind of appearing in other stuff. Like, it might have been time like the first Bad Neighbors or some shit like that came out or whatever else. And okay. I, I probably watched this, and I was like, oh shit, like Ro Rose Byrne. Oh, like that's okay. That's interesting. It's always one of those funny things when you watch movies where people are in bit roles that you never notice the first time, and then when you rewatch it later, if they're kind of more famous, you're like, oh, that person's in it. But yeah, this movie is just full of like. I think these Star Wars movies. There's a lot of that in these. There is a lot of that. Yeah. Just especially the prequels. No, yeah, specifically the prequels. the prequels. A lot of those people went on to bigger and better things than what they... Media roles, at least. <laughs> better sometimes, yes. Bigger? I don't know. Holy you know? Yeah. Can you really <laughs> get bigger than Star Wars? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, the second thing I wrote down is that Anakin is a bit creepy. That was just a response. <laughs> <to> <laughs> what an so understatement. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's like a time. What it's the, it's what an understatement, I feel. But I, I was writing it because I think it was just when I was watching the first time him and Obi-Wan go up the elevator and then, you know, meet Padme. And then she's like, hey, she's just being pretty normal. She's like, Annie, is that you? You've grown up so much or whatever. And he's like, you have an endangered bit, except for you've got so much more beautifuler. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Anakin. No, Calm I mean, down it's with really your... interesting that this movie was a precursor to every guy on Twitter. Around well, yes, 
<laughs> George, George, George Lucas knew what every guy on Twitter would be like, and he that's how he wrote. Yeah. When Anakin you think about Skywalker. it, Anakin is a precursor. Maybe he influenced a whole generation, and now we're paying for it. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's many scenes where Padme is like, oh, I can't go out yet. i got to put makeup on. And then Anakin turns and says, you don't need makeup. You look beautiful with it, out it anyway. I always <laughs> love you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, why wouldn't they idolize him? He, he acts terrible, and he still gets the girl. I mean, it's true. It's true. I st- I, I never understand how he gets the girl, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> Starcross lovers. Um, <clears throat> next thing I write down is Obi Wan and Anakin have good chemistry and banter. Just need better writing slash direction for the off scenes, which you kind of get in the Clone Wars, but it isn't Owen and Christian in in that. Um, and then using this as Hayden. a spin off topic, like uh, <laughs> sorry, Hayden, sorry, Hayden Christensen. Um. Using it as a spin-off point, so since the last time we did the show, Kieran, as you kind of mentioned before, you have been going back. You've you started watching the Clone Wars, so it seems like a good point to get your thoughts on the series. Yeah, overall, how much is and Ahsoka the worst character? Shut up. <laughs> what are your What are your overall thoughts on the, the the series? How and how important do you think it is to Star Wars? Like current, like current I Star think, Wars. I think. I think it's for me. I think it's really important. Like, if you if you really in love, if you really love Star Wars, or you want to get more out of Star Wars, but maybe you're like, I don't want to read books or anything. I think you do yourself a disservice if you don't watch Clone Wars. Like, very much. Like, I think Clone Wars makes me love Obi Wan more. Like, I love Obi Wan more, and I already liked his character, but I appreciate his character so much more because of Clone Wars. And I think even watching this, every time Ewan McGregor is on screen and he has one of his quips or one of his moments on screen as Obi-Wan, there's a stupid smile on my face of just how much enjoyment I'm getting out of that uh, portrayal of the role. And that really does flow into the character's portrayal in Clone Wars. Like I really just even like there's arcs where he's not around for it and the moment he comes back in or the little snippets where he comes in for maybe just on a holocom and talks to Anakin for a couple of seconds and then disappears for the rest of the episode. Like, that stuff is really enjoyable. Um, I really enjoy seeing Anakin's descent from this... The thing for... If you've only watched Clone like Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I think Anakin's... Uh, descent into the dark side is a manageable one and a usable one. It's fairly obvious, you know, he kills a whole bunch of uh, sand people in this one because his mother dies and, and that, how that flows onto the Revenge of the Sith and then all of a sudden he's killing younglings and you're like, what the fuck? Um, but I think Clone Wars really captures a lot of the shitty fucked up things that the Jedi Order did that kind of ended to resulted in Anakin being this way. There's situations where they make plans without telling Anakin and the flow and effect of those plans onto Anakin are really impactful to his psyche. And you see his, you know, more progressive descent to the point where Revenge of the Sith starts. And it just, as a, a whole story, it just makes a whole lot more sense. And I think is a lot more valuable as a viewer um, to know that and to have his connection with Ahsoka almost be the shining light that could have possibly stopped him from turning to the dark side. But yeah, no, I, re- I really love Clone Wars. Um, I haven't quite finished it just yet, but I really enjoy watching the more day-to-day aspects of the Clone Wars because I think it's really weird that in the movies, and I always thought this before I watched Clone Wars properly, it's super weird that in the movies the Attack of the Clones starts off the Clone Wars and then you get to Revenge of the Sith and they're kind of like, oh, the Clone Wars are done, by the way. It literally ends in like the first 15 minutes of Revenge of the Sith, basically. Yeah. Because they, like, they kill Count Dooku and it's like, well, that's, that's the end of the war. <laughs> yeah, it's such it's, a, it's, a, it's a, such a weird thing. So I think watching Clone Wars and really... And it's not even a... Sl- I don't even think it's a slog. I think... If you're really wanting to just get through it, there are episode guides you can watch that tells you that these are the important story arcs and you can cut out this episode or drop this episode. But I think there's a lot of uh, enjoyable characters that you miss out on. Uh, I really love Cad Bane. 
I think Cad Bane is probably one of my favorite bounty hunters. Um, just from his arcs in Clone Wars and how fucking <coughs> the cool. best bounty hunter, <coughs> <laughs> just how fucking cool he is throughout it. Like, um, I recently finished off the the Cad Bane arcs and where Obi Wan spends time as a undercover bounty hunter, and that arc was fucking great. Like, just to see that side of things um, was really interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I um, I I always find it interesting when people. To, uh, start watching it because I would say that the, the the number one thing that reinvigorated my interest and uh, love for Star Wars was the Clone Wars because I I didn't catch up until it was in like season four or something like that like yeah I think about that or whatever so I I caught up towards the late end well mainly because we're in Australia it was like how the fuck am I supposed to watch this show and I was I I remember I brought like a DVD box set for those seasons and whatever else and binge them all in like fucking two weeks and then that from that moment on i was like kind of back into um star wars but up until that point i you know i watched revenge of the sith in the theaters and you know a year later i you know whatever star wars is <laughs> you actually, star wars is done you also actually get the sense of anakin actually being a good jedi because for parts of attack of the clones i sit there going Anakin, you're a fucking idiot. And for part of Revenge of the Sith, I go, Anakin, you're a fucking idiot. But then there's all this talk of Anakin being such a great Jedi and such a respected person in like a new hope when Obi-Wan's talking about him. So you're like, I don't think the movie really shows that well enough to to really fulfill that. No, the it's always, I always say how anytime I watch any of the prequels, well, not really Phantom Menace, but Attack of the Clones or and Revenge of the Sith. Those movies are completely uh, brought up a notch by having watched all of the, the Clone Wars. Because I think it's impossible to separate and kind of look at the movies just for being the movies they are. Like, I, I watch all of these things now and it's always just like, I have all these stories of Count Dooku and Obi-Wan and General Grievous and all this sort of shit that's hap- that happens between these these movies. Uh, it's, it's kind of just one big story, like, lumped in together and that's why yeah as you're saying before anytime i watch revenge of the sith which obviously we'll get to next week but anytime i watch that movie it's like so weird how i just start and i'm like literally if you don't watch the clone wars it's like who the fuck is count dooku who the fuck is general grievous what was the war how did we get here what is going on (laughs) and like even though you like stuff with general grievous i think general grievous almost almost for me if you just watch the movies is as bad as boba fett for like in terms of everybody thinks he's really fucking cool but he's kind of shit and lame and doesn't have much to him where i think clone wars and other avenues really flesh that character out and explain what that character is gives you reasons why that character should be feared by jedi it's you know in revenge of the sith it talks about how he's a jedi killer and he collects their lightsabers but you don't really see anything and and obi-wan i guess the the part of obi-wan that that doesn't help with you understanding the gravity of General Grievous as a character is the fact that Obi-Wan is a bit nonchalant about fighting him and it's just quippy and because he does, like, he's just, that's how he is. But in Clone Wars, you see the darker side of Grievous. You see all the shit that he's done. You see this relationship be built up between Obi-Wan and Grievous from them consistently clashing over this time and building up that banter. Um... I think it just adds a lot of context to things that happen in Revenge of the Sith. They also do like little things. I think it's, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I think it's like the first time that battle uh, in the anime series, like Obi-Wan damages his leg. And then in the movie, it's like, that's what causes his limp or whatever else. Like they, yeah, they link all yeah. these sorts of things together and whatever else. But Or even just like, it, if you just watch the movies, you're like, why does this General Grievous, Grievous character have a cough? And then Clone Wars kind of explains that a lot more and, and shows his body getting fucked up. Um, and yeah, so there, I just think, yeah, it fills in a lot of substance that's missing from Revenge of the Sith. And also Ahsoka is the best character in Star Wars. Who? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, seriously. I mean, it's the best character in Star Wars. Um, c- continue... I, well, hold on. Let's stop here for a second. Are you, do you reckon, Ash, do you reckon you're ever going to go 
I mean, maybe we do have season whatever it is coming later. Yeah, and you year. work best under pressure. Yeah, is what proven to me. If I have incentive, then you know <laughs> the fine the final season of Clone Wars is coming. It's time to binge watch all of them in all all of them in two days. Yeah, actually, like, I'm in crunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah crunch. Sometimes crunch <laughs> is all right. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Uh, okay, so next note I wrote was wish we'd got more time on Coruscant ground level because we don't in anything really at all like whenever we're in Coruscant in the movies it's always like in the you clouds. know the, the clouds basically yeah it's like in the Jedi temples and the the politician how whatever many elevators and, do you think each building has I think it's just one big just it's just a big old elevator you know just just I, I don't know <laughs> 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 it's a it's it's Willy Wonka elevator. It goes sideways and backwards and up downs, left rights and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I because we we only ever spend time here, and then in the the animated stuff, we get some more stuff uh, and like ground levels, especially. And that's what's kind of really exciting, especially about the upcoming final season about uh, the Clone Wars. Is we're going to get like a whole arc where Ahsoka is going to be running around um, the lower levels of the the slums on Coruscant and which is basically where that cancelled game was going to take place, the underworld section and all that sort of stuff. So that's exciting. But I really wish in a movie format we'd got... Because I just think, like, from what they show here with the club and the signs outside and all this sort of stuff, kind of gives off, like, a Star Wars fucking cyberpunk, you know, Blade Runner, whatever, like, type of vibe, you know what I mean? I kind of wish there was just a whole movie exploring what it's like on the ground levels of Coruscant being a normal old Joe, chase me. Police... Police Cop Coruscant, Star Wars story. Coming soon to Disney+. Plus. Talking about Disney+, Plus. next note I wrote was Dax, Dex needs a spin-off. Who's now, Dex? Where, where, Dex is the, uh, the, the person who works at the restaurant. The Dex. guy, the cafe. He's just like- a cook. <laughs> 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 that guy, where, where do we all fall on Dex? Because I know some people really hate him. Why would why do clearly if I don't remember who he is then like I would I would like there to be filler on how him and Obi Wan got to this relationship and stuff like like but I would Arya and uh, what's it hot pie yeah like it always gets like I think that's what I really enjoy about Obi Wan is that any relationship he has with another character I want to see how that relationship was formed or like where the roots of the relationship were. Um Oh, I get it now. Dex is gonna be in the Obi Wan series. <laughs> he could be. He could be the reason that Yo, Obi Wan, I cooked this really cool dish. I need you to come check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that fucking kid, yo. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely now he's got it like a guy fury haircut. It's great. It'll be great. Well, I always remember people complain because he's like like he's he's used as a comedic character. Like they they cut to that shot behind, and he's pulling up his pants because of the bum crack, and you know whatever else. All that all, all these sorts of silly little jokes like that, and everyone just kind of hates all the characters. But I'm like, I kind of like, I kind of like, uh, I like Dex. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I like this. Everyone also complains about this scene and says it's unnecessary. A lot of people say and whatever else. Well, it's not unnecessary. Complete. It's it's literally how Obi Wan. Without Dex, he wouldn't have gone to the library. He wouldn't have looked up think, the system. Wouldn't have I found out anything. Plays Obi Wan's connections with things that aren't so kosher in the Jedi way. Like his kind of willingness to have these connections to the underground scenes a little bit more, which I think is what he got from Qui Gon a little bit. Like he's, you know, he's not perfect. He's not. He's just doing what he does. I'll say I I'll, I'll stick this in here now because I haven't finished the book yet, but I'm currently reading as of this episode. I'm currently reading Master and Apprentice, which is this novel about Obi Wan and Qui Gon, uh, like prior episode one, obviously. Um, and the novel literally starts with them like trying to escape from this hut place, and then uh, Obi Wan has to run off and try and get help or whatever. Qui Gon's kind of surrounded, and then he like leaps up and he takes this hut hostage with a lightsaber like by around its deck and then the hut is like you're a jedi you don't take hostages and then like you hear obi-wan's in a monologue and he's like well jedi aren't supposed to take hostages and he just replies he's like well we are now 
Like, <laughs> I was like, that's such a kind of Qui-Gon thing where it's like, you know, he's playing outside the, the rule book. So as you're saying there, it's definitely anything outside, kind of outside the rule book pushing wise, Obi-Wan does definitely comes from Qui-Gon. Because yeah, Qui-Gon's just like, yeah, Jedi don't take hostages, but um, I am. Because <laughs> I gotta get, get out, gotta, gotta get out of here. Um, next thing I wrote, Kimonians. Moments uh, are kind of naive because every time I watch this movie, I'm like, they just come in like, Master Jedi, I've been expecting you. Yeah, cool. Um, why? Oh, you know, because your army. What army? You know, the army you ordered. Oh, right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the army I ordered. Totally. Yeah, cool. <laughs> come this way. Do you want to see that? It's always just like, come on. Don't want to check also, for ID. Don't want yeah. to have a receipt or anything. Nothing. It makes me laugh that Obi-Wan takes so long to cotton on. Yet he's like, if it was like a normal person, they would cotton on to the fact that he doesn't know fucking anything, but he still just plays it cool as if, yeah, I, I totally knew this the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. Like clones. Yeah. No, great. General Master Who? Sorry. Who ordered them? What? Who? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's totally who, who sent me here, all these sorts of things. Um, and as a spinner from the whole, whole clone thing, what do we th- what, how do we feel about this topic? Because it's one I've, I've had been thinking about for the last couple months as well. Because obviously, episode nine, we're going to get a time jump, whatever else. Going to have different people running the First Order, obviously. Uh, Kylo and whatever. And General Hux, they, they have a line back in The Force Awakens talking about clones. There is a line thrown in about clones, if you remember, where they, uh, they compl- uh, Kylo's complaining about the the way the workers are working or, you know, so, something along these lines. Yeah. and. And Huck says something about, well, we could use... Uh, he says something about clones, and Huck says, no, all my people are perfectly trained or yeah, whatever the line is, something along those lines. So I've always, always had that line kind of stick out a tiny bit. I'm like, well, you know, throwaway line or whatever, but maybe not a throwaway line. So how, how do we feel about the possibility of a clone army of sorts being actually having being built in the background again and dragged in for... Episode nine. I think it would be weird. Oh, well, I guess if there's a time jump, then it wouldn't be as weird. But just to have a clone army randomly flash up out of nowhere would would like if they had a clone army, wouldn't the rebels just be kind of fucked? Uh, unless they've got order. 99 in them, which the rebels can activate to make them turn away. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like there's, there's they probably no would be fucked, Like, there's no... With the, the state of the rebels are in going into episode 9, the fact that all of the known remaining rebels fit onto the Millennium Falcon, it, that there's there's not there's not many. Yeah, but judging off the, the teaser we... Or that D23 footage, we do see more rebel ships. We, yeah. we we know they they're building it up somewhat over the last couple of years, um, and the book, the book that's coming out prior to the movie, one of the couple, but the main book that's coming out prior to the movie is called something, Rebel Resistance. I can't remember the official title. And the synopsis for that book basically makes out like that book's going to explain how in the the, the time between eight and nine, how they started building up the. Uh, the resistance once again is kind of what it seems that book's going to cover. Because obviously, I don't think that super needs to get explained in the movie. You know, movie starts. The, it's a couple years later, whatever, year and a half, two years, whatever it is. We, we've we've got more people. All right, cool. Let's move on. Don't don't need to spend ten minutes on that scene. But yeah, I the idea of a clone army coming in though, I, I I'm not against it. I actually find it somewhat interesting, especially because at this stage, Star Wars is just kind of always about. Reoccurring, reoccurring themes and themes, whatever yeah. else and subjects and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the line has been thrown out there before and it is a, a tactic that, that's happened before. I, I, I don't know. Ash, how would you feel if a clone army was to magically show up? I mean, I feel like it would be too much. Like, it'd be too much to stuff it into this last film. Um, But who knows? They could do anything. <laughs> I mean, they made another Death Star, so... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Another clone army, really. If anyone complained about another clone army... Who would they be clones of, though? Uh, Ray. 
Oh, I brought it all back. <laughs> Ray is Ray's an escaped clone of the clone army. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe was, yeah. That explains maybe. why she came from nothing. Yeah, explain. Maybe I've got it. they were. How about this? How, how? Hold up, hold up. Maybe she was like the perfect archetype for what the first order started making their clones out of, and somebody from the rebels or somebody from another organization kidnapped her so they couldn't make the perfect clones and left or no she was defective they thought she was defective but really she just had force powers dun 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 we could all be Star Wars writers I mean that that (laughs) might explain Dark Dark Grey uh yeah Dark Grey is suddenly a clone yeah so yeah there you go clone clone theory officially proven Stamp. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's next date I wrote down was back to this after <laughs> Rise Skywalker comes out. Yeah. yeah, might be awkward. Uh next thing I wrote was awkward smooches. Uh which is Ugh. the the first the first time like the uh, he goes in to kiss her at the fucking holiday home or whatever and I'm just like Can I say I don't know if we've got there officially yet in the movie. Is it about the sand? Yes, we no, no, this is not just the sand bit. I previously mentioned in another section, in another, I think it was in the first episode, that Corridor Crew had ruined um, oh, the okay. fight scene. Oh, you're talking about the apple thing. They also fucked the apple for me because it is really jarring to watch that scene now. Yeah. In, ca- in case yep. anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's, it's, once you find out how weird it looks, it is one of those things that's hard not to notice, which is that they have. You know, Anakin pulls this apple over and cuts it while they're having dinner or whatever. And then he force pushes it back over to her. And Padme takes a bite out of it midair. But except when they're filming it, obviously, she has to just pretend to take a bite out of nothing and the, they CGI the apple in later. But if you actually pay attention and watch it, the animation or however you want to word it for how the apple goes down is she kind of just reaches in, her lips barely touch the apple, and then it kind of just... Goes down in mouth, apparently. <laughs> it's actually a marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a marshmallow or something. It's it's really weird. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't they just shoot that practically? Surely that couldn't be hard. Get some wires. A fucking stick that you could take out later or something would even yeah, be just better. Get a green stick. <laughs> Literally anything. A green dude holding the apple. <laughs> holding the apple. Literally, yeah. Like when they did fucking the revenant. Leonardo DiCaprio had a dude in a fucking suit rolling around on top of him pretending to be a bear. I'm sure you can have someone hold a fucking stick or an apple and get rid of that later, you know? You got you, you got this dude wandering around on set in a Jar Jar uniform that they're literally <laughs> digitally taking out later to turn into a fully CGI character, but they still have reference there. He's still on set doing it. Have the fucking apple there as reference. <laughs> Let it eat the fucking apple. Jesus Christ. No, I enjoyed yeah, in that, seeing as we're on the topic, I enjoyed the that they also point out how they the the set designer made it as difficult as possible for the VFX team. <laughs> yeah, the glass, <laughs> the glass. Stuff. Yeah, it's like oh, suddenly there's reflections I got to fucking deal it's with and distorted and yeah, yeah, distortion in them and whatever the fuck else. They're like, <laughs> how can I make this shot even harder for people that oh, we'll see through glass things and whatever else. And no, 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 we're not actually gonna have a real apple. We'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that does fit into what the second note I wrote right here, which was fucking warthog things are the worst CGI in the whole movie, or maybe it's the apple, dot, dot, dot. And, and, and I don't know, probably is the apple, but also the warthog things, whatever they are. The giant ticks. The, the giant ticks, yeah. Those things, which I hate that whole scene. He's fucking riding it, and then his body just kind of tumbles off it somehow. I, d- I Awkwardly. don't know. The CGI there on that scene where the, it stamples on him, or supposed to trample on him a little bit, I guess, is up to the quality of the scene in episode four, the special editions, where Han Solo treads on fucking Jabba's tail. It's equal It's equal to that. It's very similar. <laughs> very similar quality to me. Um, next thing I wrote down here was, I saw someone on Twitter once say how they think that the people who don't like The Last Jedi... Casino scene, uh, that the people who think The Last Jedi casino scene is completely unnecessary obviously think the asteroid field scenes in all the movies are necessary, and they're very right. They're not. Which is to say that when watching this movie, 
And there's an entire scene of fucking Boba Fett, not Jabba Fett, um, running away and Obi-Wan's chasing him and they have this whole asteroid fit scene or whatever that goes for like five fucking minutes. Is that necessary? After they no, literally no. had a fight? The answer no. is <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then also the scene in uh, episode five where Han Solo chases away the fucking asteroids and, you know, hides from the worm thing and whatever else. Is that scene really necessary? No. no. The answer is also no. All of the asteroids, all these fucking asteroid scenes in, I, I remember when I saw it, I can't remember who tweeted it, but when I read it, I was like, yeah, I mean, they are right. Can, can right. we get a rating? So what are people's opinions in terms of Star Wars vessels on where does Slave 1 fit? Because I know a lot of people go fucking nuts over it, and I'm just like, eh. I quite like it. Yeah? Yeah, I, I think it's just the shape and everything. I just think it looks, it's just, it is just one of those things where it's, just, it's the same reason people like Boba Fett, you know? Looks cool, doesn't do anything. Boring character, just looks cool. <laughs> Slave One, does it? Uh, do I have any like great significance to it as a ship and like lo- love it for that reason? No. Does it look cool if you own like a if I owned a, a cool collectible of it to put on my shelf? Yeah, it would probably be one of the cooler looking Star Wars ships up up there with the Millennium Falcon. I think like you, you can put that on a stand, put that on a shelf. It's gonna stand out. It's a, it's definitely a Star Wars looking ship. Fair, fair, fair. Ash. I mean, it's serviceable. It's fine. I I, I, I don't give too much thought into. Ships? Ships, no. Come on now. Wow. Uh, Are you even a Star Wars fan? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next I wrote, Little Little Bobber, quote, Fire! This is why you die like a sucker. And that's (laughs) because that fucking scene, (laughs) this fucking scene within this asteroid scene, where they're shooting and it cuts to him and he's like, fire, fire. I'm like, shut up, you little twerp. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Maybe well, it was voice think- activated. Fire. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he, he is such a little twerp in this movie. Like, part of me is like, oh, cool. You see where Boba Fett came from and, and why he's the way he is. And yeah, like, yes, it, but- there's, there's two sides to it. There's A, people who don't really care about Boba Fett in the first place. And you watch this and it doesn't ruin anything about the character because you already thought he was boring. And then there's B, the people who thought Boba Fett was the coolest character ever. And the reason they hate these movies a lot, I feel, is solely because they it ruined Boba Fett for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, it's the coolest character in Star Wars. No, he's not. Shut up. It's not even close. Is this the first time we saw the rocket be used? Because it was very awkward. What rocket? The like his jet well, Django Fett's jetpack rocket. No, you have to get it such a terrible six. action. You have to get he's a terrible in... angle to actually use it. Uh, let you, oh, do you mean the rocket that comes out of his jetpack? Like out the of fire his jetpack? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is the first time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and not good. It's it's it's, it's not very. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's very impractical. Impractical, I think. I mean, if you really want to use it, you have to bend over. That just seems troublesome. Yes. It's quite weird. Um, next thing I noted was how I like how in the um, the scene where it cuts to Yoda as Anakin's out slaughtering uh, all the people in the campsite, uh, the Tusken Raiders and shit, it cuts back to Yoda and you hear Qui-Gon in the background in the whole like thing as... As, as Yoda's there doing his little thing and you hear Qui-Gon yell, Anakin, no, and all this sort of stuff. So I I kind of like how spotting all these callbacks and whatever. Mm. M- m- these films don't do a lot of tying into like the more mystical side of the Force, but like spotting something like that, which I guess like would be easy to not notice if you're not like paying too much attention, I mm-hmm. guess, or whatever else. But y- you do notice it and it's like the subtle stuff at building the the biggest side of the force. And then also like canonic canonically in my head, knowing that in the Clone Wars animated series, that Qui-Gon is the one who teaches Yoda how to become a force ghost. Uh, this is, and this is after Qui-Gon's passed on. He teaches them in this now canonically. When I hear him say this thing, I'm like, Oh, he's like communicating with Yoda. Like this is the start of it. Like soon he'll be teaching him how to be a force ghost. It's got to <laughs> tie it all in. <laughs> It's weird that Yoda is able to sense Anakin's going to the dark side like a million galaxies away. They can't tell that 
Palpatine's being a dick right underneath his face. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine's being a dick. <laughs> Maybe it's because um, he's Yoda, I think, is always mentally a little bit focused on Anakin's upbringing and, focus, and his, you know, because he knows the prophecy about the Chosen One. He knows that the issues that have been caused by Anakin being started to be trade so older. So I think he's, he almost has a part of himself focused on it. Yeah. Where where I can like, I always imagine the, the sense of the dark side stuff that's stopping you from thinking about it is like that one little thought in the back of your head that you kind of know is there, but you just can't fucking get to it. Like you just don't, can't possibly know what the fuck you're thinking, but that it's there. The uh, so next thing I wrote down was fucking Jar Jar causing the war by granting emergency powers. It's it's funny every time I watch this movie because w- once you boil down whose fault Palpatine is and how everyone likes to point out it is Jar Jar's, it is kind of Jar Jar's. Like <laughs> it it kind of all comes down to several key moments or whatever. But like, isn't it th- technically Padme's? Like. Why would she leave Jar Jar in power? Well, like with uh, that, like why would she? You know, when you think gonna... about it, it's really Qui Gon's fault for saving Jar Jar in the first place. <laughs> well, I always assume that I don't know if this has been covered in something that I don't know about, but I always kind of assumed after Episode One, like because the the Gungans and the people of Naboo form a like better relationship. Because in that movie, they definitely tell you that the the people living on the land and the people living under water don't have a close relationship with one another and i always took it by the end of that movie that naboo for like the gungans and the, the humans or whatever living on top form a closer relationship and then i always yeah. thought that that Dylan, means that they didn't you hey? see the end of the phantom menace they gave yes. him the glowy circle yeah they gave him thing. the glowy thing or whatever the fuck that is yeah so then i, I but I, that means i always take it as like jar jar is kind of the appointed gungan like you know, why would they do that <laughs> Because I guess Gungan's idiots. Well, yes, but I, I guess it. Ma- <laughs> I guess it makes sense considering he spent all that time getting around with Padme and stuff. Like if they were to appoint someone to do the job, Jar Jar doesn't actually sound like a terrible. Yes, he uh, does. <laughs> it's like sense. giving a three-year-old a bucket of paint and a paintbrush, and walking away. When you come back, your house is going to be covered in that paint. What an analogy. <laughs> Do you reckon Palpatine planned for Jar Jar to be the one? No. Because obviously no, no, no. he was trying no, to get rid of Padme. Make, you know what? That does make sense. He was trying to get Padme out of the way. So Jar- so Palpatine must have known that Jar Jar would have been the one to take the power and then that would have easily given him a foothold to make sure. Yeah, that's that's a fair thing. That's I mean, like when you think about it, Palpatine's plan through all of this is crazy well yeah that's the, that's the Needs thing. a lot like, of things to go right for it to succeed yes that that is the thing as we as we as we kind of talked about last week how his plan is just so long and co- like windy and reliant convoluted. on so many things that has, yeah, so yes. many if one thing doesn't happen the way he thinks it's gonna happen he's fucked he spent yeah, it, 10 years working as the supreme chancellor and apparently sucking at his job enough for a whole separatist movement to uprise i guess he's I playing mean, both sides but still yeah. What, he, Nobody I mean, decided to challenge him? He on... kind of starts the separatist movement by sticking Dooku in that position, I guess. Yeah, but nobody nobody went, hey, you're doing a pretty shit job. Maybe we should get a new Supreme Chancellor. One guy takes a bit too long to get the Trade Federation to stop invading Naboo, and he gets outed. Can I say as well, the movies do not do a good, good job of representing how fucking messy Dooku and... Palpatine's relationship is like it's like a lot of people think it's just like a a teacher and master type of thing but Dooku has like his own agenda like a hundred and twenty thousand percent the entire time where he's like I'm learning this shit but I'm not really wanting to follow you or do what you want to do yeah well this was the this is what I was going to add on next so I, I wrote um because rewatching this movie for the first time since I listened to that Jed, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost thing, which came out early in the year, which is a audio drama that you can listen to via um, Audible. It's like a fully voice acted like 
thing and whatever else. Who plays Dooku? I have no idea, but they sound like Dooku, so good job. They're very uh, good. They're very, they're very good. Everyone's very good, and it's, it's great. It's, um, but that gave me a much better idea of kind of why Dooku ends up in the position he is, because as much as the Clone Wars flashes out his like character more and gives you a better idea at like where he wants to go and like how he has his own like apprentices between Asajj Ventress and um, fucking Mole's brother, who I'm can't remember his name at the moment but um oh like he is he's, he's never like we're in it for the sith and we're in it to win it but listening to that kind of gives gave me a better idea of how dooku ends up actually wanting to lead the separatist movement in the first place because he's a very much an idealist i guess is the, the way i would put it because listening to that as a young jedi growing up they they go over how like he he discovers about the idea of the sith coming back back even as a kid as a young uh youngling uh, padawan or whatever and he's yoda's padawan and whatever else and he's always on about the the sith and he wants to take them down and blah 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 and everyone pushes back and says you know the sith don't exist sith don't exist and then all these things happen and um he gets told he can't communicate with his family but then he's like secretly writing messages with his mother um with his sister same difference i'm sure um and then the the <laughs> backwards and forth. uh but yeah that, that really introduces the idea of like this this character who once he gets it in his mind that like i need as much as everyone over here may hate me i need to do this thing because i believe it to be the right thing to do for my people and that's why spoilers for that but at the end of that he kind of leaves the jedi order to go back to his home planet um and that's where he takes up the the title of count for his his home planet there and everything. And the reason he does that is because in his mind he needs to do that because he needs to go back there and protect his people. So then, some point after that, he obviously meets Palpatine, and Palpatine introduces the idea, like kind of twists him, of course, and puts him in his position. But it's it's a character that's very much like it. it he's literally that person in the room who's willing to do what's necessary if if he what he thinks is necessary, even if everyone's telling him it's. Like, you're a fucking idiot. That's not what we need to be doing at all and whatever else. But um, it's 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 kind of shocking every time I watch this movie as well just to see how he doesn't show up until, what, like three quarters of the way in, I guess? Yeah, not properly. Correct. He shows up for, like, that last quarter. You're introduced to the, this character that is supposed to be a big-time big time player, you know? Like, here's the dude that's kind of the head of the separatist, separatist movement that we were introduced to in the the, the previous movie. Um, and then at the end of this one, you're like, okay, cool, we'll see him more next movie. And the next movie, he's just dies. Like. Dead in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Like, I remember I always, I don't know why, when I was a kid, I always thought of him as in this movie so much more. Like, I can always remember Christopher Lee being in this movie so much more than he actually is. Yeah, well, he stands out, I guess. He has a presence. He has a charisma. You know, that's the actor. The actor Christopher Lee does bring a lot to this character, definitely. Like, the evilness, I guess, of it and everything like that. Um, and he's very good in the Clone Wars as well. I'd say they they build upon how and why. Yeah. And it's just every time I'm like this Clone Wars is the Clone Wars is necessary is what is what it is. It's necessary. It's not up for debate. It's necessary. Um, next thing I wrote down was I had these toys from yeah, can the, I just jump in with a couple of things? Yes. One again is crazy that Anakin murders a, bu- a whole race of people and Padme is perfectly fine with that. I mean, yeah, like but, she doesn't even do a, okay. I appreciate you. Hey, Obi-Wan? They, uh, they never, shit, re- they never really talk shit. about the raiders like they're people, though. They're always like they're animals. They're just like barbarians or whatever. But, she wouldn't, they, see, but, but she wouldn't see them as that, though. Like, her, like, she would not have a concept of that, would she? Well, he, he specifically called them women and children. Yeah, like... That doesn't sound like, very animal-esque. Animal, animalistic? Animal... Animal like, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's not good. Do you, have, do you have another note? I don't know if you noticed, but when she brings in that plate of food for him, mm. there's a blue liquid there. Yeah, blue is milk. That, yeah, is it's that blue thing. milk? Yes, it's See? blue milk. It's in episode four as well. <laughs> then why are people so upset about? It? And it's in Rogue One as well. Because uh, probably they don't want to see came straight from the source. Luke they don't want to see how the milk petite. is made. Yeah. 
Okay. Everyone gets upset about that scene just because I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. Is it the fact that Luke looks over and he like does the whole like, mm, this is good and like wipes his face or whatever? But yeah. to me, that scene's like no weirder than literally seeing someone like kind of teat the milk the out of a cow and then just like drink it straight out and go, mm, isn't that good? And if and not if if I was watching a movie where someone did that, yeah, you'd be like, oh, that's a bit gross. But like you're supposed to have that reaction. That's like the whole point. But he's th- <laughs> trying to get her to be repulsed. Like yeah, like leave here, leave the island. Look what I have to do to survive. You have to drink this sh- milk straight out of this alien creature. Mm, this is good. You definitely want to stay here. Well, I mean, we're not talking about the Last Jedi, but yeah, I, th- that scene's fucking ridiculous. Why everyone complains yes. about it? And then C three PO. Somehow yes. he's got a power source in his body and in his head. Otherwise, how does his body work on a droid? And his head work on another droid? Maybe droids sense. are powered from their head. And yeah, but then his body seems to be working fine. Yeah, his body walks around without a head for like a couple of minutes. Do you? Can you? Okay, Ashley, how do you think alien robotics work? You've got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they work. However, the fuck George Lucas or whoever's writing wants them to work. Turn into Twitter over here. This movie's trash because. This robot's how does this properly. robot work? Yeah, I'm kind of with Kieran on this one. Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> this this is the least but of he's, my worries. He's sentient in both of them as well. Look, I'm sure. I look. I can tell you this. I don't know the answer, but I can guarantee you that if we look, if you actually looked into it, I would, I would be willing to guarantee that you would be able to find the answer. Because there is there well, is nearly think, an answer I to everything. You would think because he's still. Even though his head is on the battle droid, he is still controlling the body that has the battle droid head. No, he's not. Because he's like the see, like the battle droid body is just, just doing what it's, shit. Like it's yeah, but his normal body is just doing whatever it, the the programming is. I don't know. What do you he's mean? Just you don't everybody know. else. <laughs> I don't know why these things happened the way they did. <laughs> for comedy like last night <laughs> yeah I mean is that the same lightsaber that Anakin has in the next film or that he cuts in half no he gets another one, no, well, gets another one. they fix it or gets another one I think yeah um yeah so I had um I had that the, the three Colosseum monsters I had toys of those as a kid I think I either remember them as McDonald's toys or I had the toys. I can't mm. remember. Yeah. And it's so funny watching this. I'm, I'm like, the CGI isn't great, but from like a creature design point, they are kind of cool looking, I'd say. Which one you know? would win in a fight? If it was those three like against the, each other. I feel like the spider cat would. Yeah. Seems to have the best offense, I guess. I just feel like it'll move faster, get in there. The fucking dumb rhino thing ain't doing shit. And the, the spiky stabby thing or whatever. The cat thing, yeah. That that's a cat that's just I got the cat thing is that the, the cat's the spider thing. The the other thing with the other legs. The I cat guess is could, the the cat is the one attacking Padme. Yeah, oh, but okay. I call it a cat spider because it's got like six eyes. it always looks like a it's combined. Oh, with I was thinking sp- the big I was thinking of the big bug thing. No, that yeah, I, 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 I don't work I I don't think of that as a spider because it's just like, got, sure, it's got a bunch of legs or whatever, but the cat thing, I always think it's just a combination of a cat and a spider because if you look at it, obviously cat, but then you look at its face and it's got all the eyes and whatever and its face kind of looks like a, sp- a spider eyes, like face type thing happening in there. Yeah, some fucking, some DNA cross-pollination been happening here. Um, then I wrote down, Django goes down like a sucker, just like his son will. Which Ooh, is just, true. Which is, which is just factual. It's just very true. It's very it's just, true. It's just factual it's really good that uh lightsabers you know uh it's so hot that it cuts off the blood circulation so there's no blood anywhere and it also and it also fuses the head perfectly into the helmet yes yeah because like been awkward if uh young young bubba would have picked up that head the helmet and the head just like (laughs) <laughs> I love it, but, but it didn't. <laughs> as a um, 
as a side, because we keep bringing up the, the Clone Wars, there's a, 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 if you're interested, everyone, if you've never watched the Clone Wars, there's a really interesting arc in the Clone Wars where they go about how Boba Fett wants to get revenge for Mace Window and he tries to fucking kill him in the in the Clone Wars. That's kind of, I think that's Boba Fett's first arc in the Clone Wars or something like that, but he like hires the, gets with the bounty hunters and is like, hey, help me kill Mace Window. We're not going to help you kill a Jedi. Well, you are. Okay, let's go. Can I, can I also say the death toll... In this, in this fight in this planet, is really not well represented. In this movie, do you mean like the amount of people that would like the amount of Jedi that get fucking slaughtered in this in like because of this battle is fucking phenomenal? But I don't think it's very well represented in the movie. It's not very no. well shot either. No, the whole it looks like a bunch mess. of people just were standing in front of the green screen doing a bunch of. Yeah. But I, I, this is my, this is my biggest problem with the end of this movie because I think the end of this movie could have been way more epic and cool and um, so much more interesting. But I just think even the way they present the battle, like it's just, it's hard unless you know what is happening. I think it's hard to even wrap your head around what exactly is going on. Like they, they pick them up with the clones, they then take the clone, they head on out. But then you see everyone battling again. But the way it's shot and everything, it's like, what are they doing? What are they trying to do? How, how big is this battle that's actually actually happening now? Like, how long did this rage on for? You know, when did it stop? How? You know what I mean? Like, they, they could have just shot it like a... Pro- I kind of just wish it cut to, like, fucking two towers fucking storming of <laughs> whatever. Helm's, Helm's yeah. Deep or some sh- shit after do this you, or something. Do you think that the comedic nature of battle droids takes some of the stakes and the uh, possible emotion out of these scenes because there's no sense that this the, that battle droids are scary. Like, there's no reason that anybody should be scared of battle droids or them attacking because as an audience, we see them do all this funny shit and they're just, you know, wacky battle droids. That are, like, there's no, like, sense of impending doom when the battle droids are overwhelming or storming. Yeah. I think in the movies, no in, but once again, in the clone wars, they still have them be comedic, but they're still at times actually shown to be like a threatening force and whatever else. So it all comes down to how it's shot and directed and presented and whatever else. And I would definitely say in the movies, they'd never really present the, the battle droids as anything more than like they take one shot, fall down and, that's that. Yeah, as, as just basic cannon fodder for our main characters to, you know, slice. Yes. Um, but yeah, a lot of people did die here. Next thing I wrote down was, as much as I like seeing Lord Kermit go for it, I hate the, the quote, it's obvious this competition can't be decided with our knowledge of the force, but instead with our skills with a lightsaber. Like, it's so fucking cringy. <laughs> Every time they do that whole stupid force battle of, like, throwing shit backwards at one another. The the part where Yoda, like, catches the, the force lightning, that's cool, obviously. But then the fact that Duke has to be like, it's obvious this battle can't be decided without knowledge of the force. Who the fuck would sell it? But without skills with a lightsaber like <laughs> shut up can, can especially say, when he's an old man and can barely use ice uh, so weird can i say um christopher lee's style of holding a lightsaber is just it's just i just really enjoy it there's just something about him along with the actual design of the lightsaber looking almost like you know the top of a cane or something that is yeah. very it's very classy, I think. I always wondered because, like, if he was told to do it that way, that's the way they did it, or it was simply, like, kind of the way he picked it up and handled it, and then they kind of um, planned the fights around the way that Christopher Lee kind of just picked yes. it up. Because yeah. then, like, going forward, obviously, you go into the Clone Wars and everything, th- then the way Dooku fights and anything else is designed around how his fighting style is shown off in this. I think, I think for my understanding and knowledge of Christopher Lee... I'd almost think that that was a something he did. I'd like to think. I'd like to think that he did that, and then Clone Wars is a pay of respect to what was developed in that movie by him. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I wrote down is just death feels like they met again. So this, it definitely feels like Anakin and Padme met, and then within two weeks they got married. Yes, there's no sense of time for like. Do you think 
this whole relationship would be better off without their relationship happening in Phantom Menace. No, because I still think if they randomly just met in this movie and he was like, oh, that's the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life, it would still be weird. Like, there, there'll okay. still be no okay. building on that or anything like that. It's just... Uh, the thing is, they could have got away with their romance at, with what scenes they had in this movie if if the couple scenes they had were believable. But the thing that ruins this movie and, like, the romance part of this movie, which is obviously a heavy element of it, is that all of the scenes between those two characters where they're trying to sell you how they're slowly falling... Well, she's falling more for him or whatever else. And if they're all the flirting and whatever, all those things are shit. Like not, not one of them yeah. worked, but if, if they had of all worked, then I think by the end you could have been sold on the, their whole romance, but you're not because their scenes are shit. Do you think there's a chance that Anakin inadvertently or not mind made her fall in love with him? Mm, no, no, I think that'd be a shitty thing to, be added or to have as a possibility. I mean, to be honest, it's the only rational explanation. <laughs> nah, I think, especially in today's world, to suggest that would be like a really... I think it'd be a really bad kind of theme to set for their relationship. Their relationship is already awkward and janky as fuck. Um, just, it's whatever. Just accept that it's a shit relationship. They're... Once yeah, again, if it's a it, shit relationship, then why can't you explain it with it was, it was manipulating her? Because that weakens Padme even more as a character. Guess maybe. I was like, once again, I'll say. I'm sure that. there's still strong people who are getting manipulated by people out there. <laughs> 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 Their relationship is, of course much like everything else we've mentioned, built upon a lot better in the Clone Wars, but in the movie, the idea that they're set up... Actually, that's the one thing that doesn't change in Clone Wars. (laughs) I fucking hate Padme in Clone Wars, because you just, like, you are so fucking dumb. And, like, some of this... Sometimes I'm just, like, the situations that Anakin has to get into, because, like, there's, like, several episodes where it's almost like Padme lands on planet, Padme gets captured... And then it kind of, that's like the formula. And maybe that's just like the earlier seasons. I think she, maybe she does get better and there are a couple of those occasions. She goes on missions by herself with uh, Soka as well a couple times and whatever else. Maybe if there was no Jar Jar with her for like most of it. Yeah, there are a couple episodes where Jar Jar's with her. Yeah, there's this, yeah, there's this one where she gets captured and Jar Jar accidentally ends up wearing a cape and pretending to be a Jedi. A Jedi. Yeah. And it's just fucking That's like first season or second season or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I I, I, I just could kind of wish we lived in a world where I, I could buy into this relationship more but because it's so important by the time we get to the the final movie of course, but this movie just kind of fails to to really sell it at all. Uh, and then, because because we're doing this for a, f- a final time for Old Man Explosion, and we never did this last time, so we're going to do it this time, because why not? That means by the end of the show, we'll have an official ranking, because I'm talking about ranking. So what we're going to do now is, at the end of it, every episode, we're going to kind of do the whole, uh, you know, we'll, we'll track them as we go. So last week, obvi- last week, Phantom Menace, obviously we didn't need to go over it then, because we all put would have stuck Phantom Menace in the same spot. It's currently at the top of all our lists. Now we're coming back into it. Picture your your figurative, uh, imaginary list in your head. And Kieran, where are you putting Attack of the Clones? Below or above the Phantom Menace? Below. Below. So, unsurprisingly, Ash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Below? I feel like it was closer than the last time we watched it, though. Ooh. Ooh. I think I appreciate it more because I've watched a decent amount of Clone Wars now where I'm like, and I think that'll be the same for Revenge because I think Revenge, last time we did this, I was very, again, like I was very down on Revenge. So maybe that'll help it be better as well for me. Yeah, I'm putting it below. I, it's just, <laughs> can't, 
can't get around this one. I, I feel like this, these, these two slots were pretty easy lock-ins, but where we go, I feel like from now on, positions of stuff will get more interesting, potentially more interesting. Uh, so that is it for this week's episode of All Round Explosion. Next week, we'll be discussing Revenge of the Sith, Sith, of course. So make sure you watch the movie before then. Please share the show on social media and tag at ExplosionPod if you're enjoying it. Tell your friends and rate it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Old Round Explosion is a Darth production of ExplosionNetwork.com, which is where you can find what do you want to watch, our fortnightly movie and TV podcast. And if you're listening to a show about a movie, about Star Wars movies, you probably like other movies, potentially, so check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at VivalDil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hodley, I-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. And you can follow Kieran on Twitter at your boy Ringo. Until next week, may the force be with you. Always.